name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do we still live in a day and an age when a Catholic should raise a large family? Well, I go back one more time to the subject of the family. That's a big question. Should we still raise large families today? After all, you read a gospel like today's gospel, you might be living in the end times. And our Lord says, woe to those with child in those days. It may make us fear. Besides that, we see how the last couple weeks God has taken a couple of our little ones here. It may make parents afraid to have more children. Besides that, a whole lot of other fears. Fears about health, fears about finances, fears about what others think, pressure from society to do the contrary, pressure maybe from family, friends, workplace. All these kind of things may cause parents to think it's not wise to raise a large family today. But I tell you, do not be afraid. Many of these fears are vain fears. Vain fears and vain worries about the future. They're simply what-ifs. I'd like to take them a little bit here. When our Lord related these prophecies about the end of the world, he was doing that simply to keep us on keep us on guard to make us watch and pray but not to get us excessively worried or to make us change our Catholic lifestyle our Lord did not say I want you to have children except if you live in the last times no he said the church's teaching is you have children period There have been cases of people in the past, this is nothing new, Catholics in the past who have uh, thought they've lived in the last times and have done things, have acted on that. I don't know if I've related this story before, but there is a true story of a large extended Catholic family in this country, I think back in the 40s, who was convinced that they were living in the last days. So they decided we need to go somewhere where we're out of the way. So they pulled up roots and they all left and settled in a remote valley in I think it was Montana. Uh, a large extended family, so dozens of people. Um, they made themselves pretty much self-sufficient. They even, one of the sons even got a, was ordained a priest and somehow went out there and was their priest, so they even had their spiritual needs taken care of. They had it all. They didn't need to have contact really with the world at all. Well, what happened? What happened was a number of years later, there was a, an earthquake in that region, and the epicenter was right in that valley where they had settled. Now, for the man of this family, the, the patriarch, you might say, 
of all of this family. For him, that was like a clear sign from God that God does not want us doing this. And so they went back. They went back to where they came from. They went back into the world and they lived their normal lives. We live in the world, dear friends. We have to live in the world. But we're not supposed to be of the world, of its spirit. Do we live close to the end times? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Well, we know we're closer than we've ever been simply because time keeps going on. But parents, don't be afraid to raise a large family today. Now, it's true, but God could take one of your children. God could take two of your children. But doesn't God have the right to do that? After all, aren't they really his children? You know, he created them. He adopted them through the blood of his son. And we all know that our true home is in heaven. That's always a possibility. God can take the children. That, that can't stop us. That's the end for which they were created, dear friends. So parents, don't let these kind of fears stop you from having children. I don't think it has. I've, you know, we've done 30 infant baptisms this year in this parish. Um, I encourage you to continue walking that path, and God will bless you for it. A responsible parent is one who puts God and the teachings of the church first, above fears and selfishness. Be careful, though, not to excuse yourselves too easily from this duty. Uh, limiting children is not a good in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Sometimes it's a necessity, but it's never a desirable good. You know, if you put in a situation where it becomes a necessity, please remember abstinence or per periodic abstinence are the only Catholic solutions, nothing else. Dear parents, if you think that you're in such a situation, a grave situation where this would be justified, you need to talk to a priest before you take any kind of measures because these are not just medical questions or financial questions, they're also moral questions. So please talk to a priest before you do anything on that level. But I'll have to repeat what I did a, a number of months ago and give some reasons for having a large family, because there are many reasons, many goods. The first would be to do it for our country. In our country, we need more Catholics. You know, the only answer to the problems in our world today in our country is, can come from, the full answer can only come from the Catholic Church and from Catholics. Some of the sects are having multitudes of children. Why shouldn't Catholics? 
Another reason would be, for your, dear parents, for your own future. There's a kind of justice with God that he takes care of those who have taken care of to put him first and to have the number of children he wants them to have. If you've had the children God wants you to have, you will also be taken care of by them when you turn back into a child at the end of your life. Another reason would be, remember, every child conceived is a kind of miracle. A miracle because you cooperate with God in creating life. And it's not just any kind of life, that's, that's a life of a soul that is eternal. A life of a soul that is made to God's very image. A child who is meant to praise God for all eternity. That's what every child is. Children are also the good fruit of marriage. Each child, each and every child is a kind of expression of your unselfish love. And it lasts forever. Because each soul lasts forever. They are little reflections of you also. Children are like the glue of marriage. They keep it together. It's, it's been proven that large families, the parents stay together much more frequently. Give you a brief quote here. One author says that uh, between his parents, the child creates something more than a simple moral bond. Biology proves that through the child, such organic ties are created between father and mother as to make their two lives henceforth interdependent. It is clear that by the fact of transmitting life through their union, a man and a woman becomes so like one flesh, they, they are indeed no longer anything but one flesh divided between two individuals. From the biological standpoint, it seems monstrous that they should be separated through desertion or divorce. Children really do glue the family together. Of course, another reason for having a large family would be the fact that, uh, normally speaking, we can, we can support it in this country. You know, we're one of the wealthiest countries in the world, the higher standard of living. If we can't afford children, who can? And yet, look around. In the third world countries, they have children. Most of them have children. Some of them don't know where their next meal is going to come from, but they have children. Well, if they can have children in those kind of situations, how much more can we? No, so what, dear friends? So what if your house isn't finished? Doesn't matter. Make it an ongoing project, a family project. It's a continual source of sacrifice and virtue for your youngsters. I know that you all have dreams but uh, be careful that the dreams don't replace the present. 
If you live only in your dreams, you'll neglect the good that you can do now. Remember, we're never in a perfect situation. But happiness and virtue, dear friends, can be obtained in any situation. Be convinced of that. For us to be happy and be virtuous, it can be obtained anywhere. And God provides. God always provides for families. So if it boils down to a financial question, try to have a lot of trust in God. Remember, our Lord said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Everything else will give, be given you besides. And remember, there's the church, and there's the parish, and we're certainly not going to let anybody starve. And many of you know that you can receive even financial aid and help from large families. You get financial breaks for a large family. So a little true story here about um, one large family. The mother of this family um, had been buying certain food goods from a salesman who was coming by the house. And he was giving her such a good deal that she couldn't turn it down. And uh, he came another time and he sold her a something a little bit different and he didn't give her this discount and she wondered why. He said, well, the company, you see, doesn't, uh, company doesn't uh, give school rates on these things, just on the other things. And she said, school rates? This isn't a school, it's a family home. And the man's face, he, he flushed and he said, uh, do you mean to tell me, he said, that all these kids here are your own personal property? Why, madam, the neighbors told me you were running a children's summer school. And the lady, of course, said, no, this is my home. And the man said, well, then you owe me two months, <laughs> two months worth of <laughs> reductions I've given you. Well, there are many things, there are many, there are many breaks you can get for a large family, so that should not be a huge question. There are always ways around that question, that problem. Another reason for large families is that children from large families tend to grow up more virtuous and responsible, more unselfish. Different temperaments and personalities which make up the large family tend to moderate each other. As one author put it, where differing personalities encounter one another and characters are forged through the friction and compromises which community life in involves. It's very true. Children from large families also tend to do better in society. They tend to grow up and hold positions of more responsibility in society. Again, these are factual things. They also constitute a large workforce to help out the parents at home. 
They care for their younger siblings, and when they do that, they learn, in a sense, how to raise their own future family. Besides all the activity around the home of a large family tends to keep the children out of trouble, at least out of serious trouble. Things are never bored in a large household. Then there's a question of worries, though. Doesn't a large family cause more worries? Well, I think it's enough to say that one child can cause enough worries. Uh, more children isn't going to necessarily make that worse. It'll bring much more consolation. If you're worried, dear parents, about a child maybe not turning out normal, all I can say is, why don't you worry about not having a child who could really do something for the church? We only look at the negative side. Somebody like a St. Catherine of Siena was a 25th child of her family and her parents. Had they not gone that far, had they not been that faithful, there would be no Catherine of Siena who straightened the Pope out. So think of it. Think about it. Less children, less chance of God to really bless you. So be generous with God. One final reason would be that, um, as one, put, one author put it, have one child and you are his slaves. Have six and you are their master. That's kind of interesting. What he means to say by that is a single child can uh, often run a household. You have many children, there's no way that's going to happen. I'd like to conclude with a few words once again from another author about large families. He says, the glory of the family is its fertility. Let them unite their lives for the sake of a task. Let parents unite their lives for the sake of a task which transcends them. Let them bring into the world other human beings who will carry on the traditions which they themselves have received from their parents. Let it be the aim of their marriage to fashion an environment in which children may be born and grow up under the best conditions possible. Married life then takes on a nobility which exalts those who enter upon it. What is more magnificent than couples who devote their youth to bringing children into the world, to surrounding themselves with offspring, all of whom resemble them and yet differ from them because each has his own personality. What is nobler than such dedication to the stupendous work of fashioning human beings? Why then do so many find it hard to understand that husbands and wives should center their life upon their children, even though for them it means that the father must work hard and the mother be ready to give up for their sake a thousand comforts and conveniences? What is a work of art in comparison with a child, or a commercial enterprise 
in comparison with this creature who is a child who is made to the image of God. Some pretty good thoughts there. So, dear parents, I just encourage you to be generous with God in this domain. Look at the blessings rather than the difficulties because they are always more numerous. Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, amen.